Welcome to Choir Talks. This week, Pastor Michael asked us to think about what groups of people in the Bible that God gives special attention to, a group that, that God really cares about or, or shows interest in. So the group that stood out to me in my reading this week was the poor. I see so many scriptures about giving to the poor in the Bible. Um, you may think that the poor people are people that are forsaken by God. In fact, if you live in poverty, sometimes you might find it easy to feel forsaken by God. But when I read the Bible, it's obvious to me that God cares for the poor, that he intends to provide for them. Often his provision is intended to come through the supply that he has given to his followers, to his children. Here's some thoughts from scattered throughout the Bible. Proverbs 17.5 says, Whoever mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. That verse is important to me because in the verse, God directly identifies with the poor. He's their maker. Uh, to disrespect them is to disrespect him. The poor may not have worldly riches, but they have great value in the eyes of God. Uh, whoever mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. He says, what does mock mean here? Uh, is it just to verbally make fun of them, make light of their situation? Or is it something deeper? Maybe it's to s not see their poverty or to see their poverty and, and not be moved to help. I think First John will show us a little, a little more about that. He says in, in chapter 3, if, any, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has not pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? So John adds some meaning to the idea of mocking the poor here. Uh, we see that if we see someone in poverty but we don't act, he asks, you know, how can God's love be in us? If their creator values them, we need to value them and we need to act on that. Jesus takes it a step farther. In Matthew 25, he's teaching the parable of the sheep and the goats. And in that parable, uh, the king, who is Jesus, says this, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you to drink? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whenever, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So Jesus says that giving to the poor is like directly giving to him. So God's plan is to help the poor. We see that in uh, Psalm 113.7. It says this, God, he raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. God's method to help the poor, though, is through those uh, of us who love him. Psalm 112 shows us that. It says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. The righteous have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Uh, so the righteous are, are the people who follow God here. And it says of them, they freely scatter their gifts to the poor. That's, that's God's plan. He enables the righteous to be able to give and puts them in a position to be able to give. Here, that giving is associated with not only with being righteous, but also with the blessings of God. Hear that again. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. Uh, this is also seen in Proverbs 11. Uh, verse 24 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will also themselves be refreshed. So the eyes of the Lord are on those, not only on the poor, but on those who give. He notices them. He's, he uh, blesses them. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9 says, God loves a cheerful giver. 
So why aren't we more generous? Why don't we give more? I think one of the underlying reasons is that um, is fear. I think that we fear that we will not have enough to cover our own needs. We live in a zero-sum game. If I give, I won't have for myself. Or we live with a scarcity mentality. There's only so much to go around. But that way of thinking is not godly. It is, it is not a way of thinking that exhibits faith. The heart of faith believes that God has so much, that he is the, owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the psalm writer says. He has enough not only to take care of our needs, but to give us an overflow or abundance to meet the needs of others. The person of faith demonstrates his faith by trusting God and giving. So 2 Corinthians 9 goes on to say, He, and that being God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, and notice this, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So here's why we should give to God not in anticipation of blessings that come back to us or any gift that might come to us, but because of a gift that has already been given to us. I want you to think about this. I always say it's the most famous verse in the Bible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Our God is a giver. The Bible often describes him as gracious, which means he's the giver of unmerited favor, unearned favor. Our God gives. He gives to us in many, many ways throughout the, read throughout the Bible, uh, but particularly in the gift of salvation. Um, and so if he is our father and he is a giver, if his spiritual DNA is in us as our father, then we also should follow him by learning to give and giving graciously freely, abundantly to those who have need. Romans 6 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Nothing we could ever give away would make up for the ultimate gift that God has already given us in his son Jesus. Be a giver this week. I dare you. Look for an opportunity to give to someone who has a need in some way or another. God is resourcing you and giving you the ability to do that. Find the opportunity. Have a great week.